0: My mind.
1: Good morning! Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon and I'm Awad here on a February 20th in the good old 804. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for all the college basketball talk. The fast break with Awad on the NBA. OV Tracker with NHL updates and Richmond's home of... The Flying Squirrels. Every game can be heard right here on 910. The fan last week, we got an update on the diamond. We're hoping for shovels in the dirt later this year. And we always know that we are inching closer to opening day. We are now less than 50 days away, 49 days away from opening day. Of course, we'll be there opening night. And then Nazi's block party, that's coming up March 2nd. It's going to be here before you know That's when it feels like the whole city gathers around the diamond to buy tickets for certain nights like opening night. The July 4th tickets are always a big one. 2024 is going to be the year for the Flying Squirrels. Why is that? third time's the charm and Dennis Pelfrey returns for the third year as Richmond manager of the Flying Squirrels so Pelf is back and he's bringing back his pitching coach his hitting coach uh, Michelle Kuda will be the strength coach athletic trainer Tim, Veg and more. So you can always go to Go Squirrels uh, to find out more information on the Flying Squirrels. And of course, we're proud to be the home of the Flying Squirrels here on 910 The Fan. But you guys, you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It was a snooze fest over the weekend in Indy, but that's where we begin with the all-star festivities on the sports app. Here it
0: is, everybody. Clearly. This is the future. Snap! Scores. Highlights. Oh, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one. This one. does a
1: support SAP. All right. Here's the report from ESPN. The consensus appears to be that the event, the All-Star Weekend, is beyond repair. For years, Commissioner Adam Silver has been asking for more competitive play in the All-Star Game, but it's clear the players just aren't feeling it Anthony Edwards even went on the record saying that the game is fun but it's also a break nobody wants to come here and compete so until some viable reason is given for the elite players to put themselves out there and risk getting injured playing real defense sports bettors will be able to make money taking the over and that was the all-star game on Sunday but we rewind to Friday night celebrity all-star game stub. Do you have anything to report from us? Miles Garrett, CJ Stroud. Can any one of those guys ball?
2: Uh, Micah Parsons, kind of undefendable. He did a pretty good job, and the Olympic high jumper had some pretty fun plays, uh, but for the most part, it was a pretty uninteresting game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I turned it on for a minute, and I think they were talking about Micah should have won MVP. Did he end up winning MVP?
2: I don't know. Of the game. Do I, know? I, I think I did not yeah. catch the end of it. I I, I was at beat Yeah, I don't think many people
1: caught the end <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we move over to Saturday. The skills challenge was the worst thing I've ever watched. It was awful. Zero out of ten. Indiana won the skills challenge. It, it was like they tried to you know make it so that the home uh, team could win. Anthony Edwards, who basically said he didn't want to try in the All Star game, well, he shot left handed in the skills challenge and missed every shot. Anthony Edwards' newsflash is right-handed. That's how much uh, he didn't care about this competition. Three-point challenge. I thought the three-point challenge was back. It was entertaining as hell. Everybody shot very well. I think they had three guys, four guys tied to make it to the final round. All had 26, so they had to go to overtime. Damian Lillard ends up winning Dame Dollar with a clutch shot at the buzzer. I thought the the three-point challenge was the best thing of the whole weekend. Sabrina against Steph. Steph won. It was the easiest money ever. I can't believe they let people bet on Steph Curry against a woman. Nothing against Sabrina. She's terrific. But we're talking about the greatest shooter on the planet. This guy's the GOAT. It doesn't matter if he was going against Lola Bunny from Space Jam. He was going to win that matchup. I knew he wasn't going to lose. Sabrina, and I will say, she shot just as good as the guys. She had 26 points, uh, but Steph was too good. It was not that exciting because it felt like the whole time he was going to win. I'll give that a 5 out of 10. Dunk contest... A one out of ten. Jalen Brown sucked his way into the finals. It was so weird. Jacob Toppins should have made it there. Uh, the other, you know Jaime Hawkes did some weird bits. Barely got off the ground. He, he's good. If this was a layup contest, you could put him in there. Mac McClung wins again, second year in a row. But he's still not an NBA player. Let's take a listen to Mac Young, Mac McClung, the local kid from Southwest Virginia, explaining why he deserves a shot in the NBA. You know, there's
2: so many people that came at me before this, like, "Oh man, you should be mad! Like, you should, you know, you wanna, you wanna be in the NBA. You deserve to be in the NBA." Like, and and I do believe I do, but I also think this is my human experience, and I think it's my human experience for a reason. Because without this grind and struggle, I probably wouldn't be able to impact like I do, and have been lucky enough to do things like this.
1: How can you not want to root for Mac McClung? Guys, just awesome. He wins the second straight dunk contest by jumping jumping over Shaquille O'Neal. The All-Star game was a 2 out of 10. Awful game. Uh, I don't know what they need to do. My only idea is maybe you put non-NBA players in there, like a few competitive G League players or fringe NBA guys from Europe to force some competitive edge, right? Guys don't want to be embarrassed by a high school star or a Euro star, but they've got to do something, because it was just one of the worst All-Star games of all time. Here's Damian Lillard from the Logo In the game in which the East won 211 to 186.
3: And we have 26 seconds to go. 208 to 186. Half court, Lillard. Yes! Might have just sold it right there. Damian Lillard with a triple. From half court, he's got 39.
1: So Damian Lillard wins the three point contest and the All Star Game MVP. Let's talk a little college hoops here on the Sports app. And we begin with Virginia Tech against Virginia. The Commonwealth Clash took place last night in Blacksburg, home of the Hokies, and it was Hokies from start to finish. Here's Malajal Poteet for two following a huge UVA scoring drought.
3: Driving down over to the baseline. They sling it over to Harris. Now back over to Beekman for three. Off the front of the rim, won't go. And the shooting woes continue over 8 minutes without a basket for Virginia the Hokies are on a 15 to nothing run. They go down inside of Elijah Fortee, add two more to that run. As Fortee ducks in on the side.
1: This is a UVA team that struggles to score. They play really good defensively. For most of the time, you know, this was a game that was basically four to two after the first six minutes, but you just knew UVA was going to struggle to score and Virginia Tech would eventually get going, especially behind the home crowd there. And it was MJ Collins providing this dunk as the Hokies expanded their lead.
3: Into the paint. That will be off the fingertips of Minor Collins shovels. Can with a stop.
1: Over the weekend, you had UConn against Marquette, Shaka Smart's team. And, look, I I was all in for this game. Uh, The two best teams there in the Big East, I thought it was going to be a close game. Turns out Marquette had nothing on UConn. Final score. 81-53. to 53. UConn becomes the first team this season to be unanimously number one in the poll, And they are, of course, last year's NCAA champions. Here's the play-by-play. Spencer for three on Learfield.
0: Up front, Spencer tries a three. Spencer buries it. Oh, my goodness. It's like an ocean right now. 78-49, this crowd. Insatiable.
1: They want more. Let's move over to NASCAR here on the sports app. So I had a buddy who was having a Daytona 500 party. Problem is, it got delayed. Not just for hours, but for an entire day. Daytona 500 finally got underway yesterday, serving as the official start to the NASCAR Cup Series for 2024. You know who starred in the pregame ceremony, Stub. The guy I hate, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And, uh, of course, uh, it was a really entertaining race. Uh, Did have a big caution flag, though, at the end, as it was William Byron's, Byron's number 24 Chevy taking first place under the caution. Here's the
0: call. Checkered flag is in the air, and William Byron has won the Daytona 500. William Byron out front when it mattered the most, as they began crashing behind him. The winner of the 66th running of the Daytona 500 is William Byron. Unofficially, Alex Bowman is second. Willie B is going to celebrate in victory lane.
1: Willie B celebrating Byron's one, uh, excuse me, 11th career win let's talk a little puck here on the sports app and every day on the sports app we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history Uh, Caps finally got a win four to three Ovi three shots 17 minutes 22 seconds on the ice but no goal so his scoring streak there comes to an end still needs 58 goals to tie in Wayne Gretzky's 894 needs 59 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL but you had a wild game in hockey between the Wild and the Canucks final score 10-7 it was Kasprasov with a hat trick as the Wild score a franchise record and had the fastest six goals in 25 years from a team here's the call on KFAN here's Kaprizov again the For goals in a single game. That is wild. We'll talk a little puck later on in the show. Of course, we're always tracking Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. Scott Abraham we'll talk a little DC sports at 1.30. Zach Joachim at 2 p.m. here on a VCU game day. But we'll catch up with Michael Phillips on a Little Crosstalk next on the fan. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's wad here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. We are live and local until 3 p.m. Mark Schofield will join us next to go around the NFL. We've got the Richmond commander taking your phone calls every day at 1 p.m., 833 804 833 The question of the day today is, will Chicago draft Caleb Williams? Joining us right now... From the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat Back in our studios, it's Michael Phillips. What's going on, MP?
3: Yeah, I'm feeling
1: good, buddy. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Will Chicago draft Caleb Williams?
3: Well, I don't know if Chicago will draft Caleb Williams, but I am a firm believer, and I'll go to the map for this, Adam, somebody will draft Caleb Williams number one overall. Uh, I, I don't. Ooh. I don't buy any of this. He's going to slide, or Chicago will take Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the best quarterback. If you're not going to take the best quarterback, get out of the way. Let somebody else do it. They'll trade down. Get get a big haul. Uh, I think Caleb Williams is the consensus best quarterback in the draft. And I I think we're past the era. Uh, like remember when like the, like a left tackle went number one overall, and like we had a couple of years where like defensive guys did. I think we're past that. I think we're in the era now where quarterbacks go number one overall.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right there. So, anytime Michael joins us, you know it's time for a little crosstalk.
3: If I could just have your attention.
1: It's crosstalk
3: with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on the fan. It's like that 190s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not crosstalk, but it sounds like crosstalk. It's crosstalk on the fan. Oh,
1: face off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is crosstalk. All right, Michael, I'm going to come after you here with a, a little bit of a different take today. I want to get your take on it. But first, so if Caleb Williams is the consensus number one why would you not trade up to number one to go get him? The reason I ask is because if Caleb is the number one, if he's the next closest thing to Patrick Mahomes, don't you have to do everything to get that guy on your team? Yeah, the only, only
3: reason I can come up with is price, right? I mean, I, if the Bears also decide they love Caleb Williams, I mean, what what's that price going to be? Is it three first-rounders? Like, is it going to be something insane where, you know, you're, you're essentially mortgaging any ability to – field a decent team around Caleb Williams uh, I, the only thing if you love Caleb Williams you being Adam Peters you know, as you come out of this process I wouldn't let anything stand in my way other than a price that you decide this price is so high we're just not going to be able to field a competitive team to make it happen
1: Yeah, but that's that's the difficult part, right? Because if you're Adam Peters and you want Caleb Williams, yeah, you set the price. But at the same time, you know that he's your key to unlocking this franchise and being competitive again, it's hard to set a price tag on someone like that who's going to set you up for success over the next five or ten years.
3: Right? I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes, for example. Like, what would you trade for Patrick Mahomes right now? And the answer is anything that's not bolted down, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes didn't have any receivers this year and won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was trailing at halftime of the Super Bowl, just decided to go win the thing. Like, if you have a guy like that that you feel that good about, you do whatever it takes to get him. I would also remind you, the Chiefs did not take Patrick Mahomes number one overall. Several football players were taken before Patrick Mahomes. That's the tricky part of the game, right? Everybody can feel really good about Caleb Williams and feel like he's the next star, but there's no sure things. I mean, C.J. Stroud didn't go number one this year. Lamar Jackson didn't go number one. You look at the the history, you can fall in love with Caleb Williams, but you got to know he's the guy before you set your franchise back in pursuit of him
1: so right about that. So I'm not going to change my take at all. I still believe Caleb's the top guy, and yes. I would find a way to move up to number one and get him because like I'm saying, I think it just changes the direction of your franchise. But what I'm going to come at you today with, Michael, is that the more I've done research, the more I've watched film, the more I've listened to other people who are more intelligent than me in terms of football in the NFL, and they've watched film, I'm now convinced that Drake May is going to be a damn good prospect. And I'm very okay with Drake May at number two. I still believe Caleb's the number one quarterback in this prospect. Like, if we're going on Madden, Madden ratings, I think he comes in, he's like an 88. But I think Drake May isn't too far behind. I still believe there's a gap between those two and Jaden Daniels. But I don't think the gap is as big between Caleb Williams and Drake May as some people think it is.
3: Right. So now we're talking cost. Like, right, if, if you were to say you have your choice of the three quarterbacks, you and I are both running the card up to the commissioner, and it says Caleb Williams. I think we fully yes. agree on that. But. How much better is he than the guy you like second, right? That's the game we're playing. Do you like him two first-round picks better than Drake May? Do you like him, you know, whatever you – Jonathan Allen and, you know, whatever else you have to give the Bears, do you like him that much more than Jaden Daniels, if you're a Jaden Daniels guy? Uh, You know, the comp you keep hearing on Drake May is Justin Herbert. That's a pretty good comp to have coming out of school. Um, I've seen nothing – to dissuade me from any of the three so far, to be honest. Um, I I do like all three. Uh, I've become a Jaden Daniels guy at two because, you know me, I love a high ceiling. I think he's got a really high ceiling, but I I think in Drake May, you're getting a guy who will be a steady producer year in and year out. Uh, It it would not bother me at all if they they took him at number two, and I, I think you're potentially looking at the opportunity there to get whoever you end up with, Caleb, Drake or Jaden, you're looking at the opportunity to get a guy you're going to build the team around for five to 10 years, which is a luxury they just haven't had in decades.
1: Yeah, no, and look, we're talking about a change in the guard here in the NFL. There's no more Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is literally on his last leg, right? And so every team is out there taking shots on these rookie quarterbacks. You know, Grant Danny brought up a great point last week on their show, and a caller kind of mentioned it, and then they ran with it. I would be much more interested in trading up to Caleb Williams at number one if I could trade – Assets they're currently on the team, like they mentioned Jonathan Allen, yes. or Deron Payne, yes. or Cam Curl, that would get me fired up for Caleb Williams because you're starting a rebuild. Um, the other thing I love about Drake May that I, you know, have started to you know realize from film and stuff is that he is so big that I think he's going to come in right away and do like Josh Allen things he did his rookie year where he's kind of running over people, jumping over people, might even get himself hurt, but he's just going to come into the NBA, excuse me, the NBA, I'm watching highlights, the NFL, and he's going to be, you know, taking risks like that. I also love that Drake May was a guy that committed to Alabama out of high school and then went to UNC. You know, I, I had a caller mention that to me on my show Saturday. If he actually went to Alabama, he would probably have been the number one uh, pick here in the draft. It's the UNC part of it that's holding a lot of people back.
3: You know, it, and obviously here, the Sam Howell part of it, you know, in, in conjunction with that, yeah. like we just did Sam Howell. Why are we doing new Sam Howell? Uh, I would agree with you. They are two very different players. I love the sturdiness of Drake May. There's probably a more elegant way to say that than that the, the guy's sturdy, but he is. Uh, he, he's hard to knock off his spot. He's got a good base he throws from. Uh, because of that, you see, and I know you've been watching these. We'll all watch these as we get closer. He gets lazy at times. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know if that's fixable or not, but you saw in college just because he knows where he is, he knows his spots, and he knows he's not going to get pushed off. I mean, you would see him get lazy from time to time. I don't think that's a long-term concern for me. Um, I noticed you said a bunch of players. Uh, you didn't say Terry McLaurin. What if Terry McLaurin was part of the deal?
1: Well, that's tough. I don't think you can move on from an offensive player to then bring in, you know, a quarterback that's trying to help your offense.
3: That's uh, that, that's my gut reaction too. I also don't think Terry's contract is like such great value that anybody's clamoring for it. No disrespect to Terry, but. Part of the reason people want to trade for Jonathan Allen is Jonathan Allen is underpaid relative to the market. So you're trading and you're getting a guy who represents value. Terry is paid at market level relative to his production. So I, that makes him a little less of an appealing target in a trade. But I, I you know, I, I think a lot of fans, right? Yeah, trade Allen, trade Payne, trade. Ooh, don't touch Terry. Like ter- Terry's the guy who's got to stay.
1: Where are you with this, Michael? Let's say Adam Peters decides to st- sit at number two and draft Drake May. Are you questioning his decision? Do you think, hey, they got the guy they wanted? I mean, what would be your thoughts if they just sit pretty and take Drake May?
3: Well, I, I think they'll try to get Caleb Williams. I, I think that is going to be very hard to do. You're not competing against... You know, just the Bears for Caleb Williams. You're competing against 30 other teams. I mean, maybe not Kansas City. Everybody else make that phone call, though, right? Everybody's going to make that phone call. What's it take to get to number one? If the Bears decide they don't want Caleb Williams, it's not just what do we give. What do the Commanders give us? It's what are all the other teams in the NFL going to give us? So I, I think that's part of the trickiness here. Is you're not just bidding against the Bears and their interest in Caleb Williams everybody's going to line up to, to make that phone call. If they pick on draft night, Jane Daniels or Drake May, uh, I'll do a fist pump on draft night. They, they got the guy they wanted who was available at the time. They got a franchise quarterback. It's crucial to have a franchise quarterback. What uh, Won't be a bad night for me at all.
1: That's Michael Phillips. Check him out. MP on the mic Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833 804 You can always tweet us throughout the show, at 910 The Fan or at AWOD Radio. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline to go around the NFL, it's our guy Mark Schofield. What's going
0: on, Mark? What's going on, Adam? How are how you doing today, my friend? Happy first transition and franchise tag day to you. I know you're celebrating it because it's a big day.
1: <laughs> it is a big day, and we started the show by talking about the differences between Caleb Caleb Williams and Drake May. How would you compare and contrast the two quarterbacks?
0: Well, they are a little bit different. You know, When you think of Caleb Williams, when you watch Caleb Williams, certainly the thing that jumps out to you first is his ability to make plays outside the pocket, his ability to pl- make plays outside of structure, his ability to sort of create with athleticism, with different arm angles. And I think that's part of the reason you're seeing some comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, others to Kyler Murray. You know, that when you watch Drake May, there's certainly an athletic element to his game. He does have some creativity as well. There's going to be a play that if and when he gets drafted, you know, top one, two, three picks, it's a touchdown pass you through this year where he's sort of rolling to his left in the red zone and ended up throwing it left handed for a touchdown. You know, so I think he's gonna have that creativity tag applied to him as well. But you also see some ability to make some more plays from the pocket within the structure of the play. They're two very good quarterbacks. And I know we're sort of getting into draft season now and certainly here in Washington, you know, the expectations are they're gonna draft a quarterback with that pick at two, or, you know, maybe they try to trade up, maybe they try to slide back a bit. But I think they're both very good quarterbacks. It becomes a matter of what you want from your offense, what you want in today's NFL. If you want to see more creativity, if you want to see more RPOs, if you want to see that kind of game, you might have a preference for Caleb. If you want to see more drop back and throws from the pocket, you might have a preference for Drake May. But from where I sit and from having studied both of them at length already, they're two very good prospects.
1: Mark, we heard historic Hall. For the Bears to get that number one overall pick. I mean, wh- what do you think the price tag is on a guy like Caleb Williams if you're Washington trying to get up to number one?
0: I mean, you you look at some recent deals that have been made. You look at, for example, when the Bears came up for Trubisky. You look a little bit more recently when, you know, it was the San Francisco 49ers that came up to eventually draft Trey Lance. You're talking multiple future first round picks. I mean, in a draft like this where you have. A number of quarterback-needy teams, you know, when you look at this draft order, certainly the first three, Chicago, Washington, New England, they've all got needs at quarterback, but they aren't the only three teams in this first round that can be drafted a quarterback when we get down to it. Now, certainly, free agency and some trade market could shake that up, but the Giants at six, you look at Atlanta at eight, you look at Minnesota at 11, Denver at 12, Vegas at 13. Even go back a little bit, you know deeper in the draft pittsburgh at 20 there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in quarterbacks over these next couple of weeks and months and so because of that there's going to be a bidding war for that pick should chicago try to trade it so you are talking multiple first round picks probably talking a couple of extra picks in this draft as well that's going to be a steep price to play if you make that move you have to really be sure, especially if you're Washington coming up from 2-1, to that the gap between QB1 and QB2 on your board is substantial enough to warrant paying that. Some teams may view it as, look, it is. It's worth it. We have QB1 graded so much higher than QB2. But if it's close, it's probably not worth that price.
1: Mark Schofield with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You know, I think the list of teams that are uh, out there for a quarterback in the NFL draft. I, th- I think that list is going to get a little smaller uh, as we get to free agency. March 13th, the year the league free agency signing period begins. And so, you know, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, where do you think those two land?
0: You know, Cousins is interesting because there's a lot of discussion that maybe, you know, Minnesota just moves on uh, at this point because of the situation up there in financially and because of the costs Associated with cousins. You know, a team that to keep in mind throughout this entire process is New England because they're sitting at three and they're in a very different position than, say, you know, Chicago and Washington, you know, because yeah. they're looking at QB3. And QB three, third overall, maybe that's not what you want to do and pass on the best non-QB prospect in this draft. And so, you know, New England's a team that I've wondered about with Kirk Cousins. They decide, look, we tried the rookie route with Matt Jones. It didn't work. Let's go in a wildly different direction. We'll go with Kirk Cousins, a veteran, and then we can draft our favorite player overall at three, and suddenly, you start thinking maybe a Kirk Cousins, Marvin Harrison, or they go Joe Alt or the Penn State tackle, and you're suddenly really improving that offense. And so, New England's the team to sort of watch. Tampa Bay's in a very curious situation because they've got three players: Baker, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Mike Evans that they have to make decisions on. I think they find a way to get Baker back. I would be, you know, inclined to believe that they're going to probably tag Winfield the safety try to get Baker back and try to get Mike Evans back. But I do think that more likely than not, Baker finds a way back to Tampa Bay because it worked with them last year. It seemed like an environment where he had success. They got that team to a playoff berth and a divisional round game. So I think Tampa Bay and Baker try to find a way to get those two reunited next season.
1: So there are a ton of teams at the top of the draft board that need a quarterback I mean you could point to Chicago even though they have Justin Fields I think they trade him probably move on from him I I kind of expect the Bears to take a quarterback with that draft pick or they trade back and get another guy that they like same with Washington New England's up there Uh, there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback one of these teams in the first five though is just going to say hey I'm going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's a sure thing to be a star in this league. And obviously, we all know him for his dad's historic career, Marvin Harrison. But how do you view Marvin Harrison Jr.? Is he a sure thing to be, you know, like a Hall of Fame-level caliber wide receiver?
0: I mean, I think the talent and the potential is there. The refinement in his game is there for him to go on and have a very productive and, you know, potentially a Hall of Fame-type career. And I think, you know, when you sort of look at the teams 3, 4, and 5, I think he comes off the board in one of those picks. Now, New England, like we just sort of talked about, maybe they go the rookie QB market, maybe they don't. New England has had a very, let's just say, spotty track record when it comes to evaluating wide receivers. They've done a good job, say, with the slot receiver position. Guys like Edelman and Welker and Amendola... And yes, they traded for Randy Moss, but when it comes to drafting outside receivers, they've been a bit spotty there. So maybe they go in a different direction. But I think if you look at Arizona at four, you know, pairing Marvin Harrison Jr. with Kyler Murray or the Chargers at five, you know, putting him with Justin Herbert and you know, certainly Jim Harbaugh has seen what Marvin Harrison Junior can do. You watch some of the games between Michigan and Ohio State and how they try to defend him. He knows how good Marvin Harrison Jr. is and can be. So if we get to the first night of the draft and he's still on the board at 6, I would be stunned because from 3, 4, and 5, you have three teams that could all look to Marvin Harrison Jr. as a big part of their passing game next year.
1: Mark, lastly, before we let you go, where does Russell Wilson play quarterback next year?
0: <sighs> That's a fascinating question. I saw the suggestion that he should go to the Jets to back up. Russell I mean back up Aaron Rodgers I don't I don't see that happening I mean I I I honestly think in Atlanta could work you know because you look at the talent they have around the quarterback position in Atlanta you know Bijan Robinson Drake London Kyle Pitts they've got offensive firepower in that huddle they just need a quarterback to sort of check the boxes go down the script and create a little bit when you need to I think both Justin Fields and Russell Wilson could work in Atlanta and I think that one of those two quarterbacks is likely going to end up an Atlanta Falcon next year. My preference if I'm Atlanta is Fields, but if you can't get, you know, if there's sort of a trade bidding discussion for Justin Fields, then Russell Wilson and Atlanta could work too.
1: I think Russell's going to end up being someone's second option. Like if Minnesota moves on from Kirk, right, or if Atlanta, you know, ends up as a possibility or another team that kind of moves their quarterback late like Chicago, that's where I kind of end up. Uh, I kind of think he'll end up. Mark Schofield joins us here. Follow him on social media for NFL F1 and more at SB Nation. Read his work, SBNation.com. Mark, what do you want to promote today?
0: Well, I mean, we've got, um, like I said, we've got the exclusive, the non-exclusive franchise tag starting this week. We got a piece up on that over at sbnation.com. We're going to be getting to the Justin Fields debate, the quarterback carousel market, as well. We've got pieces coming your way on that stuff tomorrow. So we'll have all of the NFL offseason covered at sbnation.com.
1: That's Mark Schofield. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to Awad Radio on the Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105 One FM, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. We're always available on the go with the free Odyssey app. We'll go on, visit University Drive at 115, talk about all the college basketball action here in the state of Virginia. Virginia Tech stomped UVA at home, got themselves a big win. It's a VCU game day. We'll talk... Rams with Zach Joaquin at 2 p.m. And the go around D.C. sports with our buddy Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. at 1.30. But right now I wanted to check in with Stubb from the production room there in Richmond while I'm broadcasting live from Capitol House. What's going on, Stubb? hey How have you What was been? the highlight of your weekend?
2: Ooh, let's see. Uh, I saw a lot of movies this weekend. I'm sure that this doesn't surprise you in any way. Uh, okay. But uh, me and my friend went and we watched all the nominated Oscar short films in a the theater. Okay. That was fun. I, I liked nice. like seeing stuff course, like that can, in a the theater. We can
1: bring that up on Netflix. And I, I will say right now, yeah, this isn't going to be a Netflix segment, but I did watch a ton of TV this weekend. You had the NBA All-Star festivities. So I talked about that. I finished True Detective, so I'll be able to get a, a review of that Later this week, I'll let people have some time to watch the finale that came out Sunday. But I watched a lot of TV, and I found this interesting. So, Stub, <clears throat> do you have YouTube TV? Have you watched YouTube TV before?
2: Uh, my, my friend Tomas down the hall does, so I, I use yeah. his YouTube TV a lot.
1: So you're you're familiar with the fact that for YouTube TV and sports, they have like a special feature that allows you to do multi-view. Yep. Yeah, love it. Right? It's, it Fun. is great for sports, right? I mean, yeah. I have used I use it for football all the time. I've used it for soccer. It's great for college basketball and college football as well. You can kind of have picture-in-picture, picture, so it's four screens or sometimes two or three, and you can kind of scroll up and down to change the audio, right, yes. for which of the streams you're watching. Well, YouTube TV is trying a new multi-view okay. that will include non-sports
2: options. Oh, yeah, love it.
1: I just don't know how <laughs> this is gonna work.
2: <laughs> I was hoping. How is that, that gonna work? It'd be awesome. You know, you put on you put on a cooking show, you put on uh-huh. the basketball game, you you switch audio during commercials. It's great. It's perfect.
1: Oh, okay. So that's what that's what you would do. <gasps> yeah, I, probably. See, I kind of find it weird. Like, I, I get it with sports, right? Because you go from commercial to commercial. But with TV shows, I get it. Maybe if one of the games was, you know, sports. But if like one TV, you know, station is a movie and the other one is, you know, Modern Family or something, the commercials aren't going to line up for you yeah, to no, go no, back that's, and forth.
2: That's not something I think you would want. I, I think like maybe right. if you wanted the news on one while you watch a show, you could have that yeah. going, or like sports and something else. But I don't think two like sitcoms is, is really the uh, the expectation here.
1: Yeah, so here's how it works. In the home tab, a small portion of YouTube TV subscribers will see them testing this brand new multi-view streams that will be available on not just sports, but news, business news, weather, and other options. So I think it's kind of cool. That, like, they're they're innovating and trying new things. I just didn't understand how it was going to work for non-sports events.
2: Well, this is, uh, for, for people young like me and use a lot of TikTok... Uh, there's yeah. this thing where people will post a clip of a movie in the top half and then like a mobile game on the bottom half so that like, yeah, your attention is fully locked in. <laughs>
1: I yeah, don't I don't get that bit. It's, it's, a, it's a weird uh, bit. I've it's
2: seen great. It before. Yeah. I, it's great. I, I, it always sucks really? me in. Every single time.
1: But could you actually watch like a 10-minute a movie like that or would you get bored?
2: No, I probably would. I, I, would, I could probably really? watch a whole movie like that, a whole two-hour movie. I, th- I, I,
1: I wouldn't want to. I think that's a you problem, right? Like... <laughs> Everybody and look, this is this is like your entire generation. They're they're like goldfish right now. Their attention span is terrible. Yeah, I'm not. And so you've got you on to do one. these <laughs> multitask yeah. things, right, to to keep everybody's attention. And I hate it. It's I I can focus on one thing now. I will say though, when I'm watching a TV show, I need to put my phone out of reach because if I can reach for my phone, I'll end up going and looking at it, seeing Twitter, my text messages, checking my email and stuff. But if my phone is out of reach, I can. Focus fully on whatever I'm watching.
2: Yeah, but if I'm watching something like The Bachelor, that's a good thing to to have my phone out for too. It's like, a you know, you, you check Twitter. Yeah, but
1: I guess. But at that, at, at the same time, then you know, don't even watch the show because you're not going to fully pay attention. That's the one thing I hate, and then a lot of people do this is that they don't like a TV show or movie, and then you find out they were distracted as hell while they were watching it.
2: Yeah, I but mean that I- happens. All the time. For something that, that doesn't require your full attention, like The Bachelor or yeah. a cooking show or something. You keep talking about The
1: Bachelor. It's, I'm really, I it's kind of it, annoying. I, I'm really this into it right sucks, now. This season sucks, man. No, Come it's great, now. dude.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. Joey's such a loser. <laughs> Joey is a loser.
1: <laughs> I can't stand him. Hey, did you know what reached number one on the non-sports cable telegast from last Sunday during the Super Bowl? Do you know what was number one? We oh. hyped it up. We hyped it up? Was it the puppy yeah. bowl? The Puppy Bowl, 12.6 million viewers. How about that? I
2: watched it. Oh, dude, the the little referee puppy named Whistle, my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) He has his little ref jersey on. He's being held by the human ref the whole time. (laughs) It was a great Puppy Bowl this year.
1: So while we're uh, talking about animals, you you got me hip to this story locally here in Richmond. Why don't you explain to the audience a little bit?
2: Yeah, so Maymont uh, rescued a new otter. Love an otter. They have a nice little And this is Maymont Park? Yeah, Maymont Park. Uh, yeah, they got. Okay. They have like the the outdoor like free section. They have another section with some fish and some otters. And they're they're hoping the people of Richmond can sub- sub- submit some names for the new otter. And a uh, voting of the top three will be March first.
1: Awesome. So CBS six uh, with the latest on this story. The headline: What's my name? Maymont wants the public to help name its new rescued otter. And I immediately came up with Potter the otter. I, I do that think a, it's got a gotta rhyme. <laughs> That's like I. I just think when you're naming something like this, it's got a rhyme, or it's got to look like something. You know, maybe he looks like a Curious George. you yeah. could go that way.
2: I'm think- what do you think? I, I like. I'm liking like a fudgesicle. I like. What? I like naming animals <laughs> after food. <laughs> really? Yeah, I do. That's... I. I used to have a, a lizard, a bearded dragon. I named him Nugget.
1: Okay. I miss Nugget. That's weird. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, what was your dog's name growing up? Uh Pepper. Did you do that before what? Pepper. Pepper? Yeah. Oh, so it was kind of a, a yeah. food thing. You've yeah. done it for a long time. <laughs> All right, so you what fudgicle that Fudge sickle. That just that sounds terrible. No, it doesn't. That sounds terrible. No, it's dude. a
2: fun name. It kinda looks like a fudgicle. An otter?
1: Uh uh, I'm having trouble saying the word fudgicle. <laughs> I'm not even saying it right. Fudgicle. Fudgicle. I used to love eating them when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a weird name for an otter, though. Come on, dude. Really? No, I'm sticking that's my That's what you're going with? No, that's
2: what I'm going all with. Right.
1: All right. All right. Everybody can chime in. Of course, you can tweet <laughs> us your thoughts at 910 the fan at wide Radio. What would you name this otter uh, that's coming to Maymont? So they've already rescued the otter, right? Yeah,
2: it's from Louisville. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the other uh, okay. otter they rescued was also from Louisville, but his name is Louis. So that oh, that was a bit on the nose.
1: <laughs> See, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't call him Ville. You know, that does <laughs> sense. So the top three names will be voted on a public poll from March first to March eighth on Maymont's Facebook and Instagram pages. Have you been out to uh, the park recently? We had we had decent weather yesterday. Uh, I want to say yet, yeah, like yet. Yeah, I went out for a long walk yesterday.
2: I, I haven't been out since September, uh, to really? Maymont, but I guess that's kind of recent. Uh, I do love the park. Uh, I, it's it's one of my favorite spots in Richmond. I love I love animals. I like their bears. Uh, they got see, a fox. I, oh, they love have it. bears too. Yeah, they got a bear. Really? Yeah.
1: Uh, I need to check that out. My favorite park is Chimperazu. I love Chimperazu Park.
2: No, I don't saying, know why. It's a good date spot. You got to take your girlfriend there. They got to, they got uh, the, the park? Japanese to Maymont. Yeah, they got the they got the Japanese garden out there too, which is beautiful.
1: Okay. It's
2: a good spot. You know what?
1: You might be onto something. I am. i I've been running out of date ideas. I'm I'm like I'm I'm blank right now. <laughs> and I Maymont's, got nothing.
2: Maimon's free. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, that's not a bad date.
1: <laughs> that's not a bad date. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in 833-804-0910. We're going to talk commanders. On the Richmond commander coming up next. Question of the day 833-804-0910. Will Chicago draft Caleb Williams? 833 804 It's the Richmond Commander coming up next on The Fan.